you're running to all these people to hear from God. Right. When sitting on your bookshelf getting dusty is God's words to you. Welcome to A Couple Thoughts Podcast. Hello. Here on A Couple Thoughts Podcast, we discuss such awesome things as in a fight between a unicorn and a dragon, who would win? To the intrinsic value of the unborn. Both valid things to discuss. And everything in between. And every, literally everything in between. So hi guys. Hi, it's been a while because I didn't, I wasn't here the last podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, me and my brother, we did one. That was, did you guys check that out? I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah, and we have one, what do you call it when it's, we have one in the can, but mm-hmm. it'll be released at a later date. Yeah, we did record one before the event, which we shall discuss in a second. <laughs> um, and then I haven't released it yet because of the event and other such things. So we thought we'd throw one out there first and then release that one. So yeah, we have one in the can. Yeah. And the event is, do they not know? No one knows. We're pregnant. Yes. We are with child. I am with child. I'm having his child. He's not with child. And <laughs> We yeah, are with child. We are with child. And I was super sick for a long time because morning sickness is awesome. But, I mean, don't let that worry you, young ladies and women who want babies. It's still great. But that part isn't. <laughs> but I'm much better now. So what had happened was we went four months without a podcast. And then we're like, let's go back into it. We got this this time guys oh yeah because we had a bazillion things going on that last christmas and november and all that my brother getting married etc as you may have heard in the last couple podcasts and then we're like all right start january we're going for it oh yeah guess what happened january 1st <laughs> we found out we got pregnant guess what happened like a week later sick as a doll <laughs> morning sickness for a good like two months yeah two and a half possibly so so we had to uh, wrap our mind and brain around all that, yep. and around everything in general. But this was always on our mind to get back to. Yes, actually, even when I had morning sickness, uh, Chris and I had been talking about doing this episode, and it had been on our, our hearts for a while, so I'm glad we're finally getting to do it. And um, But I'm glad uh, that we're pregnant, too. Super exciting. Very exciting. Oh, yeah. Because our kid now, the one we already <laughs> have... That has already been birthed unto us is so cute. Like, so cute. Like, picture the cutest kid you've ever seen. Times that by, like, 102. And then times that by 854. Plus one. That's how cute our kid is. Like, totally. Yeah. Okay. What Wait. What are you drinking? Oh, right. It's been so long. Well, I'm drinking Trader Joe's Dixie Peach. If you guys... Give some love for Trader Joe's Dixie Peach. It's a really good drink. Peach flavored juice blend with peach and apple purees, four other juices from concentrate and other added ingredients. Added ingredients? And other added. What is this? It could be anything. I'm just kidding. It says no artificial flavors, though, because it's Trader Joe's and they're awesome. Uh, it looks like the other added ingredients is very detailed. It is called natural flavors, which we've talked about previously. <laughs> we have, and I won't go back into that at all. Uh, and I am drinking not out of a mug today, so we're switching it up a little bit. But I have a Spider-Man cup. And what are you drinking over there in your cup? I am drinking Kroger, Chris Tucker's, not the actor, my friend, his favorite place, um, chocolate almond milk. If you guys haven't had the 
Kroger chocolate almond milk. It's really good. It is really good. And I'm drinking out of an Avengers cup because the Avengers is awesome. And Avengers Endgame was awesome. Let me spoil it. Just joking. Here we go. If you've listened to our previous podcast, you know we will not spoil it. No. All, All I'm going to say, say is... <laughs> just joking. <laughs> I'm not going to say a dang thing. If you ever do that to us, don't be surprised if we shut you down. <laughs> Shun. Um, <laughs> Unshun. But if you haven't seen it, what are you doing? Go see it. Yeah, go see it. Like, I get it. You might have kids. You might be busy. You might have a life. You might have life and jobs. Y'all, I can wait. We put all that aside to go see it. <laughs> so can you. you can too. <laughs> because it's that good. Anyway, so there's our quick review. Okay. Let's get serious. Yes. Somewhat, because we're us. So uh, this podcast, as it's titled, um, Cares Mania, this is a topic that's um, definitely more personal for Chris and I. I grew up in the charismatic movement, and you kind of did later on. So define charismatic movement, just for the people who don't know who are listening. Sure, like, yeah. What do you mean before we get into it? A definition online is being a type of Christianity that emphasizes personal religious experience and divinely inspired powers as of healing, prophecy, and the gift of tongues. And, pretty good definition. Right. And what's crazy is having been raised in it, I almost didn't know another way. So when you find out that this exactly. some of these practices and thing practices and things are kind of new, you're like, oh, wait, what? Like I just assumed it had yeah. been around as well, you know, uh-huh. for two thousand years. Paul the Apostle wasn't doing this? Yeah. <laughs> wait, hold on. What? Are you kidding me? So wait, Paul was never he was never slain in the spirit. Is that what you're telling me? What? <laughs> And what's slain in the spirit is... No, I'm kidding. Sorry, we can't define it all. Let the bodies hit the fuck. (laughs) Just Google that. You'll know what's slain in the spirit is. If you're already lost, that's probably good. You don't have to worry about this. (laughs) Go see our other podcast. So, okay. Before we get into it, it already sounds like we're just trying to make fun of it all. We're not trying to just make fun of it. Um, And we're not pointing fingers. Um, We think that this... Movement, for lack of a better word, is or can lead to very dangerous practices, thoughts, ideas um, that harm people and. And in the worst conf- case, aren't even biblical. Yeah, not biblical, confuse people. Um, and yeah, and it's personal to us. Like you said, we've been through it. So it's not like we're on the outside just. You know, saying, oh, well, look at these weirdos. Like, we were through it. We went through it, as you'll hear. And so we're only talking about it because we feel like it's important. And for people who are either in it, if you're listening, continue listening. Be open-minded. Um, people who have been through it, I'm hoping you guys can know that there's a lot of others that are went through the same thing. And we're in this together. Um the people who aren't in it or have never experienced it, you should know um, about it yeah. so that when you encounter fellow Christians that are involved in this, you can bring them to the word and show them the error of their ways as we are called to do yeah. to each other. And the main reason I think we wanted to talk about it is for that, like Chris said, if you're in it or you've been through it, that you're not alone. But if you are in the midst of it, there's some things that we had wished someone had told us or pointed out to us. Um, even though we saw some red flags ourselves, 
it is nice if you're having doubts, you're having questions, maybe you're like, hmm, this doesn't seem okay to me, or this practice that we're doing is kind of strange. I don't know if this is biblical. And you might only be surrounded by people in that same movement. Sometimes it can be hard. Like, am I alone? Am I wrong? But to just to know that there's other people who've been through this, and hopefully you can maybe, there's part of our story you can relate to, or and even just have a place to be encouraged or ask questions, or um, we're even glad to give resources that helped us just look at the the Bible more carefully and just see the error of our ways, you know, and mm-hmm. um, but that you're not alone. And we hope this this encourages you. Yeah, I hope I hope this episode turns out to be one that I wish I would have listened to when I was, let's say, seventeen. Yeah, maybe eighteen. And we did finally have loved ones who pointed things out, and I'm very grateful, and that's why we're here today. But we'll get exactly. into that later. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So with that being said. Another question to answer is, should we? Should we be pointing out flaws that we see in the charismatic movement? And why I wanted to talk about this is because I think um, one of the things we heard a lot is you don't want to slander. You know, you don't want to slander. But when there's false teaching, the Bible is pretty clear that you are two tested spirits and you are actually welcome to confront <laughs> Um, false teaching. It is very important. It's not wrong because if it's hurting the body or at the worst case, leading someone to possibly a demonic experience or something, then obviously it is our job as Christians, especially to our fellow brothers and sisters, to to point these things out and to talk about it. So um, I was like looking through scripture and reading a lot today, and I won't go into all of them, but I definitely think it is something that we should do and that the Bible says that we can do. So I just know we used to go through a lot of guilt. Like you didn't even know if you could talk about it. Can you point Mm -hmm. this out? Like, this is bad. But then how dare you say that this person's teaching's bad? Mm -hmm. What's wrong with you? You've, you've, whatever, you've offended the prophets or whatever it was. I don't know. We were told Mm -hmm. a lot of things. But it's, I would say Spreading disunity. Oh, yeah. That was a fun one. Yeah. If you, if you uh, question anything and you were disrupting disunity, like that was the end all be all. I was like, well, actually, my soul going to hell is kind of a big concern to me. So I want to make sure I'm on the right track in the biblical track. So I do think we should. And that's why um, we're going to go into it. So we're just going to share a few of our own personal experiences uh, pertaining to this movement. Um, Because, you know, we could share um, hypotheticals, but I figure it might be more fun to share personal ones mm-hmm. so you can see like and like we said maybe you're listening and you're in it and you're like what are they talking bad about this for like i love this kind of stuff you know i prophesy i speak in tongues i blah 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 practice healing and etc and that's all fine and dandy but um well let's just share our stories and then as we get into it maybe you can see where we're coming from and our perspective and see why we think this is important to bring up right so you want to share a story? Sure. Yeah. So we have a few to share. Um, what I want to start with is this was I don't know, many moons ago. And like I said, we used to travel full time with a ministry. But this time we were partnering with other, other ministries and we were going around the country praying and doing different things. And a really well-known, he was known as like a big, big prophet of all time. And I had <laughs> never heard of him, but everyone else was talking about this man. And they're like, oh, my gosh, he's coming. He's going to come tonight. He's going to pray over all of us. And we're like, oh, wow, this is so cool. So he comes and he says something like, okay, 
I'm going to lay hands on each one of you. This is a, you know, a room full of, I don't know, 100 something young, young folk. I'm going to pray for you. And when I pray for you, you're going to feel like you're going to feel oil on your hands or something, or there's going to be something, honey on your hands or something like that. And this is just, you know, God loves you. He does these kinds of things. And so. Let's no, he said, I'm going to put my hands on you and you're going to go to heaven. That's oh, because I remember the, really? When yeah. You, I remember that too, but I thought it was like the honey thing or the. Well, what it was was, yeah, I'll put my hands in you and then you're going to go to heaven. And then afterwards, like, you'll see like your hands will have gold dust and oil and whatnot. Something like that. A pretty lofty promise is what it was. So I'll just, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. So, you know, could you imagine the anticipation, right? Oh, how exciting. So we each get, our, you know. He lays hands on us, and it's my turn next, and he lays hands on me, and not a thing happens, not a thing, not even a goosebump, nothing, right? So I go on, and it's like, okay, and, you know, some of your friends um, are convulsing on the floor. Different things are happening. I don't know. They have oil on their hands, stuff, whatever. I don't remember anyone specifically having that, but they said, oh, wow, I had such an experience. But what the reason I bring that up is... Because I'm more thinking, luckily, I just sort of processed it. I went outside and I uh, was like, well, that's a bummer. But I moved on. Like it wasn't, it was like, you know, by the end of the night, I was, I was fine. But there was that initial disappointment. There definitely was. And you can start to mess with your own mind. Like, does that mean I wasn't good enough? Does that mean God loved them more than he loved me? Because he didn't say some of you might go to heaven. It was kind of like, a, this is just what's going to happen. So you think, oh, no. There must be something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, it didn't plague me. But now when I look back on it, I do think, oh, what a shame that I even had to go, you know, through kind of that um, inner dialogue because it is kind of ridiculous. Like, no, that's not the proof of God loving you or thinking you're worthy mm-hmm. is if this man lays hands on you, you go to heaven or not. Mm-hmm. So it's it's more just that simple thing like. But if it had been someone else who was new to Christianity or maybe even new to Christ and this and a young person, I, I think it's that that makes me sadden is they would expect this huge experience. And what if they left God because it didn't happen or, you know, something more extreme mm-hmm. like that. And uh, so that was that was one. And it was a very well-known prophet. And I didn't know enough about him now. Now I I've I've done more research and I'm I probably wouldn't have been phased at all if I went to heaven or not <laughs> but at the time so that was one one I definitely remember from the good old days of signs and wonders <laughs> so things like that happen often in this movement as far as uh impressionable young people are being taught and influenced by older people who are leaders but they're doing really crazy and kooky and non-biblical things Mm -hmm. and this is an example right of one of many and maybe you've experienced some like this so if you you haven't been in this movement this is what you're gonna find yeah uh visits to heaven which i don't believe happens um gold dust which I don't understand how that's a thing. Why. It's just a lot of glitter. So I Probably don't know. Yeah. Um, the air conditioner comes on. Oh my gosh, I got goosebumps. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit. Um, things like that. But I'm I, I, 
I'm just joking slightly. <laughs> but yeah, so that's a prime example. So along with, yeah, all of that, one big thing I remember being stressed was, you know, Jesus said, greater things than I will do in my name. You'll cast out demons, you'll heal the sick and all, all these things. That was the big verse that I always heard. Um, and one of the big things we, we literally would practice prophesying. That's what we do. We'd practice prophesying. I, I'm ashamed of it now and I've had to repent of it because, um, for one, I don't think you're supposed to ever practice prophesying. I think when you're a prophet, you're an oracle of God in, in the old Testament and the new, um, it was God's words, or if it wasn't, you were dead. So it was a very weighty thing. And I think anyone who prophesies and is like, oh, well, it might have been wrong or not, I would, en- I would encourage you to repent because it is a very, very big deal to claim to be saying the words of God. But what you have happening, so what would happen with us is here's a bunch of like 15 to 18-year-olds prophesying for over one another. And occasionally you might get something right, like... I'm seeing like one time I prayed for a woman and afterwards she said it was uh, it was 100 percent right. It was accurate. Okay, so even if it was. If it wasn't God, I shouldn't have done it. I could have gotten lucky. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was a very over general thing, which a lot of times they are. Oh, yeah. Don't get me started. I see a door. The doors open. (gasps) Oh, Oh my my gosh. gosh. How did you know? How did you know? I knew it. I was praying for this thing to happen. So. The the biggest danger, though, was here we have a bunch of young people prophesying over everyone, but there's no accountability. There's no follow-up. We never even mm-hmm. saw if these words were coming to pass. So ev- let's say even if, if it was a, tr- a true word of God, because we weren't keeping track of these things, um, who knows what you were prophesying over someone. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I would hear crazy, horrible prophecies like, oh, you're going to meet your spouse this year. Or, oh, this and that. Like things that, for one, when people prophesied in the Old New Testament, those weren't usually things that um, they were prophesying about. That wasn't the concern. Mm-hmm. That's this, this wasn't supposed to be some psychic way to tell you what to do, which is how it was kind of being used, which I remember is one big no-no. One church told us in the band, we were in a traveling band, you're going to play in England next year. We were very excited. I bet you were. And let's see how many years have gone by now since <laughs> nine years and still haven't played in England. Haven't played in England, yeah. And so, so I mean, thank, thankfully, I I'm past this and I can laugh about it. But like, it really like young and impressionable people. Yeah. I was there. I hear things like that. I get so excited. A year goes by, and I'm confused. Yeah. Absolutely confused, and I'm left here with this confusion. And the person who prophesied it's just moving on with their life. I never remember Pro- they said it. Then you remember they said it, prophesying to other people left and right, and no one cares. Yeah. We have to stop that. Oh, yeah. And one more thing. Not just young and impressionable. It's everybody. Right. You know? And this this, this prophesying to each other thing gets so, um, you get so wrapped up in the emotion of it and the excitement of it that people start only, like, oh, if I want to hear from God, I need to find, you know, the next preacher who's coming to our church to do prophesy. Yeah. And then you're waiting for your turn to get prophesied over. Oh, yeah. And then guess what? You're, you're, you're a person. You want to hear from God. And you're running to all these people to hear from God. Right. When sitting on your bookshelf getting dusty is God's words to you. Mm. The Bible. <laughs> what? He talks to you in the Bible. He tells you everything you need to know. It's in yeah. the Bible. But how will I know what God it's wants sufficient. me to do? You don't need to know anything else. Yeah. No person can tell you anything else. 
and they're not talking for God. Thank you very much. Yep. And I would always say, if you want to know what God wants you to do, he wants you to go into all the nations and make disciples of him. I mean, it's there's a great commission. It's always there. What's the will of God for my life? All right, let's open it up. Let's see. Matthew. Da, 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 and care start for the orphan. The Bible. Care for the widow. It's, it's all, all in there. the Bible. It's all there. And uh, But does he want me to get this job? I don't know. How about you try to get it? You know, make your plans and the Lord will establish your steps. It's in some Proverbs somewhere. Yeah. And I remember going um, just desperately to um, prayer rooms and they were, I don't know, they were called fire rooms, prayer rooms. There's a lot of names out there. Yeah. Fire tunnels, whatever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Lots fire of things. Fire tunnels. We've been through a lot of things. And I was like, I had these big decisions and of course it's going to be easier if someone just tells me the decisions to make. So I'd go and I'd hope someone would prophesy. And then usually you'd skew the prophecy anyway to fit what you wanted to do in the first place. So it's just a dangerous practice. And yeah, it, it's not just it's the whole pray for about people. it thing too. Yeah. Like you hear, oh, here's a thing. Do you want to do this thing? Do you want this job? Oh, here's this, um, someone asks you to serve in a certain part in church. Okay, let me go pray about it. Like, what are you going to pray to hear a yes or no? Or are you going to just pray, God, in whatever I decide, be there, you know, mm-hmm. open doors, close doors? Because that's how he wants us to pray. Like, we make our own decisions via, you know, our Christian walk and faith according to his word. And then he'll guide our steps mm-hmm. and do what he does. Yeah. But he's... Like, God's not obligated to tell you yes or no about every decision, even if it's a big decision. Yeah. Who to marry, what job to get, where to move, if you should move, what church to go to. God is not obligated to tell you those things. And does he ever say that he will? That's I think that's he the He never said thing. he will either. Yeah. We were always taught to hear the voice of God. And that was a big, that was probably the biggest, even bigger than the prophecy was hearing the voice of God. We all wanted to hear the voice of God. Who wouldn't want to hear the voice of God? How yeah, then cool you don't have to read the Bible and do anything. Oh, and it's so much more exciting. Can you imagine? I'm hearing the voice of God. Like, wow, that's, I'm special. You're I'm so more, special. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. You don't have to do anything. It's like, what do you want to do? Just ask God. Yeah, I can just ask God. It's like, life would be so much easier. Can you imagine if that was true? That would be amazing. <laughs> I just, but it's crazy. But it's not because it's we as actually if God have to. said, you know, you'll have trials and tribulations in your life. That's the guarantee, folks. The guarantee isn't I will tell you everything that you're supposed to do before it happens so you make no mistakes. I'm like, never underestimate the power of a mistake. I made some some lofty mistakes, but guess what? I learned from them and you gain wisdom. And so I will always promote wisdom, which God says he will not withhold if you ask for wisdom. So that's the first thing you should do. But yeah, that was another big one was hearing the voice of God. And we will, that one was the big turning point for me as well, because um, that is one of the most dangerous, because when you're trying to teach a bunch of young folks, or not young folks, how to hear the voice of God, I'm like, for one, I don't know how you teach a thing like that. I'm okay with it. I can tell you how, because I've been through it. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, we've read the book. You stop, you clear your mind. You listen for the still, small voice, which is not what it's talking about in the Bible, by the way. Yep. And you, you know, if you hear something, you just go with it. And then, like... You'll feel a peace. You'll, you'll feel, feel a, a peace, peace about it. If you yeah. feel a peace about it, yeah. then, you know, it must be God. If you don't feel a peace, oh, man. 
it's probably not him then. Right. I don't know about you guys, but I get nervous about stuff. I'm not going to feel a peace about, like, going in to Africa to serve orphans and spread the gospel. Because that's scary. <laughs> that's scary. But I'm going to go do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's yep. like you don't have to feel peaceful about doing God's work. Your emotions aren't the thing that should dictate the decisions anyway because it oh, is a no very way. dangerous way. And so if it's just, yeah, if it's just peace you're after, there's probably a lot of decisions that are going to make you feel real peaceful and they're probably sometimes really awful and maybe even sinful decisions. So there was already a bunch of problems By peace we mean emotional peace. Obviously God in his word says to us in his word uh, he gives us peace, you know, beyond understanding. Yeah. And we do. We do have that peace mm-hmm. of salvation, of his love for us, of, you know, all that awesome stuff. Yeah, it's a peace. But we're talking about emotional, made-up peace that people use to make decisions in their life, which well, is Well, how bad. you describe the process, <clears throat> that process is exactly the same kind of process that a lot of New Age and uh, Eastern mysticism and Eastern religions use. So... That's a big, that's another big red flag that we had too. And and the and Chris and I always, when we look back and reminisce on these times, he and I would have conversations and we'd have questions and we noticed stuff. We were we were like, hmm, you know, this is I don't know, this is kind of weird. I don't I don't know. But when everyone you know is doing it and these people you exactly. love and respect. And like really love and respect are telling you these things, and you're the only one thinking it. You're you're gonna think you're wrong. But I'm here to say that large amounts of people believing the same thing isn't what makes a thing true. Mm-hmm. It just isn't. You do feel alone that, and you're the only one that doesn't necessarily mean like, oh well, I must be wrong because all the how could all these other people be wrong? It must just be me. And sometimes it might just be you. Maybe you're wrong. Yeah, I was but... gonna say sometimes. <laughs> hey, that might be you. Yeah. But we're saying, look into it. Yeah. If you have something, just numbers doesn't mean. Yeah. If you're thinking about. Huh, is this thing my church is doing or my friend is doing right? You know, talk to them. Talk to your pastor. Talk to your elders. Look to the word of God Mm -hmm. and figure it out. You know, don't just like, yeah, don't just go with the numbers like you said. Yeah. And and speaking of that, I was thinking, um, you said it earlier, the word of God, the word of God, the word is sufficient. The world, you know, God's word does not return void. What I what we also saw happen a lot when you are running, which the charismatic movement promotes, running towards the the gifts of healing and the gifts of, you know, seeing miracles and prophesying and speaking in tongues and all these things, these signs and wonders, these creative miracles, all these things we call them. What I, and again, it comes back to sort of the emotional response that those create. A lot of times, people got so. I don't want to say addicted, but we are running towards the next experience or the next new thing or what, the big movement or whatever. It's kind of an addiction. Yeah. I mean, it. yeah, because it's exciting and it's, you know, it's fun. And oh, my gosh, we Guess have something. Guess who it's all about. <laughs> yeah. So all that to say what I actually heard, there were times that your friends wouldn't downright say it, but they'd almost say, well, then all I'm left with is the Bible. So you're saying then it's just the Bible as if. The Bible wasn't enough. And that's when I was like, whoa. Okay, if we don't have the Bible as the ultimate authority, if the Word of God isn't the sol- the foundation, the solid rock, what we stand on, and you start inviting all these other things, it just won't work. A lot of the charismatic movement, they promote, this is scripture, everything's you know Bible-based, we love the Bible, we love Jesus. 
but the Jesus that they're worshiping doesn't look like the Jesus of the Bible. The things that they're preaching are usually based on some prophecy or someone else is preaching. Mm-hmm. It's not back to the word. And if mm-hmm. it doesn't go back to the word, I would just let it go. But what about this crazy huge thing that happened? Oh my gosh, it was amazing. And this person raised from the dead, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, great, great. If it doesn't go back to the word, I don't have to run to it mm-hmm. because it's going to be more dangerous <clears throat> if it ends up not being God and some oh, yeah. other power. And I don't want to touch that. You know, that's just dangerous. Let me just say real fast. God can speak to us audibly if he wants to. Of course. Mm-hmm. He could do whatever he wants. He could even speak to me in my brain like they say he does. He could, because he's God. He can do whatever he wants. What we're saying is he doesn't say he will. He doesn't promise he will. There's no way to learn it. Mm-hmm. There's no way to, there's no teachings for how to hear it. Yeah. Every time God spoke to people in the Bible, it was like, boom, I'm here. They fall to their knees. Or he sends an angel to talk to them. Like, yeah. And then again, it's in the Bible for and us. And even then, though, Paul the Apostle said, if an angel comes to you saying something other than the words that we have preached, other than this message, mm-hmm. the message of the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ, if it's not that, ignore it. He's saying ignore an angel, which is why I don't let angels in these experiences <laughs> trump the word of God. Again, it's another example of why the word of God has to be the foundation, because... Who else saw angels and had a word given to him? I think his Mm -hmm. name was Joseph Smith, plus others, many, many others. That's why it has to be your foundation. And a lot of times we'll hear people say, and I am stealing this quote, but it it was helpful to me when I was coming out of this, is, well, you're putting God in a box. But if God's in a box, he put himself there. There are things that God said he would not do. The big one we all remember is, well, he was not going to flood the earth again. Things like that. Like there's there's many things that God limited himself to, but he did that. He said, I would not do that. I will do this. I won't do that. I will do this. So he said that. That's his deal. <laughs> so yeah. if he says he's not going to do it, I'm not going to, you know, make him do it. But yeah. So the funny story, um, it's almost an extreme example of, well, not not that extreme because it's happened numerous times to many people <laughs> close to us. It's this whole, you know, God told you who I'm going to marry. Yeah. Oh, God said I'm going to marry this person. That's funny. Guess who they're married to? Not that person. Not that and they're person. happy. Yeah. You know? Thank God We've God was wrong. Thank God God, <laughs> thank God God was wrong. Yeah. Um, funny story. Uh, I had a friend of mine. We were hanging out. We are talking. And he told us. It's actually funnier than this. But, okay, I'll, I'll say that part too. We were praying for him. Like a bunch of friends together hanging out, and he needs some prayer requests. All right, cool. We prayed for him. These prayers were awesome. Oh, good you know, prayers, man. Really good prayers. We were just like having fun. We say amen, right? And he opens his eyes like, oh, I was listening to any of you guys' prayers <laughs> because God was talking to me. We're like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah. He said, he showed me the two girls that I like, and he just said, choose. <laughs> Whatever one you want, I'll give to your wife. And I would like to see my face whenever I heard that. But, of course, we were extremely nice to him. We're like, oh, wow, cool, man, and hugged him and moved on. But we've always kind of shared that story of, like... We were all thrown off. Like, wait, oh, wait, what? How is that? I mean, I think we should have brought it up and be like, so-and-so, that's not the way this works. Well, we were so thrown off. We were were all these great prayers and all this stuff. We're like, wow, he's really being touched by the Lord. This is great. (laughs) Wait, what? 
That's yeah. not what we And then that happens, and so it's kind of like, oh, yeah, so I and probably should have said something. We, You know, normally, I encourage you guys, if your friends say things like that, you know, don't embarrass them. Bring them to the side. Yeah. Or text them later. Call them later and be like, hey, man, I'm not sure that's the right way. You need to make decisions. Um, maybe, you know, ask the woman if they have a choice, you know, in the yeah, matter. Yeah, lo and behold, both of those women have been married or are married, I should say, and not to him, and they're not married to him. He's not married, poor guy. Well, but he's he's a great guy. Yeah, yeah, and he loves the Lord. Love that guy. His lady will come. His lady shall and come. He might even like laugh at this now. Like he probably I can't does. believe I did that. But it's still just one of those. Again, it's more what we're saying is this is sort of what this movement produces is these kind of things. These kind of things. Yeah, People... we did silly stuff that I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I remember shake my head at. I graduated high school. Uh, I had a job for a year, and then the band was like, let's go full-time. Are you in? And, of course, I'm like, well, let me pray about it. I prayed about it. I prayed about it. Everyone taught me you have to, if it's a big decision, you got to yeah. pray about it and wait for the yes or no. Yeah, yeah. I waited. I waited, and I specifically remember laying in my field in Texas, just laying there by myself in the evening time. Laying there. I was like, come on, God, any time. And I sat there, nothing happened. I was like, well, I'll just decide then. <laughs> yes. And then I did it. And it the decision was obviously God involved. Everything that happened in that, in those years of my life was like, I, could, I knew God was in it all. Yeah. But he never told me. Yeah. He let me decide based on my desires mm-hmm. to play music, my desires to serve God, the opportunity before me. Yeah. You know, the it was almost like me becoming a man spiritually, yeah. To be able to do that, and but there was that's this, what we need to do. There was this pressure to it had to be spiritual. It had oh, to be, I or else ne- you're not. Yeah, you're I've not. I've never said this before, but I told people that God told me yes. <laughs> you lied. But inside my inside my heart, I was like, He never said anything. I just <laughs> right. decided. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that would always be the pressure for me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, but I didn't hear God say anything. I never have heard God audibly say anything. But then audibly or in our brain, then they're not going to let me. Then this decision won't be valid if I didn't (laughs) hear God. But I think it's a good decision. Like my biggest one is God never told me to marry Chris ever. What? He never told me. But let me tell you, it is one of if if not the best decision I have ever made and I have not one doubt in my mind. God sent Chris and that this is the man I was supposed to marry. I know that. But it wasn't like there was a million dreams or visions, angel visitations. I didn't and I you know what? I was very happy to say yes when he asked me to marry him. I did not say, "Let me pray about it. Let me get back to you." <laughs> I didn't do any of that. I'm so glad. I just said, "Heck yeah." And guess what? Best decision ever. So that's the other thing. Like, like yeah, like you said, like we we do make our plans, and I do believe in God's sovereignty. I think there are times that He He does like when you look back at your life. Oh yeah. You see His hand in everything, and that's awesome because He is sovereign. And he can He can do what He wants, like Chris said. I we're just questioning these practices of how to make these decisions, and so. One big turning point for we can share more stories, but one big turning point for us that I just want to mention because it is all about hearing the voice of God. We were, like we mentioned in the beginning, we were confronted by a family member who asked in a loving way, because again, we want to be loving when we confront our brothers and sisters about stuff. Very loving, asked us some questions that were really tough. And 
my immediate reaction would be very defensive. Like, you're questioning everything I believe and, like, my decisions and this and that. And that was God. And how can you explain that if, you know? Which maybe people, maybe you are saying right now as you're listening to this. That's okay. Yeah. Go to the Word and figure it out if we're wrong. If we are, let us know. Let us know. And so I had a, we had, me and Chris had a long talk with a, a, a loved family member and um, a, a wonderful voice of wisdom. And I remember th- at first I was just like, well, whatever. He just doesn't, he doesn't know. He doesn't understand. He hasn't been through the things we've been through. He hasn't seen the things we've seen. And he hasn't, thank God. And he hasn't, thank God. And then, and then uh, he gave us a resource, okay? And the resource was, um, it's called Decision Making in the Will of God, and it's by Greg Kokel. And I very gladly will name drop that because it was a big help to us. But I, I didn't even really read it at first. I think Chris actually read it because with the whole, well, psh, I'm going to see how this guy's totally wrong. And then as he's reading it, well, you can tell him what happened to you as you were reading it. I mean, he just used the word of God. And literally, like, <clears throat> all the verses I thought were for all these charismania things. All he did was like add the verse before and after, and it changed the whole meaning. And I'm like, <laughs> how long have I been reading it like this? <laughs> have I been thinking this? And it's obvious not that in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, reading the Bible in context and showing me that, um, well, this specifically was about decision making yeah. and the will of God. So yeah, just showing me like. Yeah, what we just talked about as far as the hearing mm-hmm. him's voice, the yes or no's for big decisions, the what is the will of God, how do I know it? Oh, it's here in the word, you know. Yeah. That was those kinds of things and I was like, Huh. And he, well he, I'm wrong. He <laughs> even presents a here's a more biblical view of okay, if you do have a decision that you need to make, he, he doesn't just leave you hanging. It's like here's a I believe it's just called the wisdom model and it was very helpful and mm-hmm. anyway, so that I I always recommend that resource and you could think it's bunk and hate it and again as Chris said you can let us know stand to reason but, Greg Kokel with a K decision making and the will of God you could probably get it for free or like 99 cents or something yeah but it was that was the, I mean a lot of people who've I, I guess you could say who's um, the scales fell from their eyes or who who have left the charismatic movement we all kind of have that moment that one was the big that was the starting point for me I think as far as starting to question Wait, if I took that verse out of context, how many other verses have I taken out of context? Okay, if that teaching isn't actually biblical, how many other things have I been doing that aren't biblical? Still some voice, sheep in my voice, and the peace one. Yeah, those were Those are the three big ones. So if that's intriguing to you, you're like, wait a minute, those scriptures are the ones that I know that's how I can hear God's voice. Well, look into them. Read the full chapter. Yeah. Really look into it. See what they're about. Context is important. It's not. Yeah. So that was a big eye-opener. And, um, and honestly, uh, after the initial, uh, you know, I felt a little defensive, then you question everything. Then you're like, wait, yeah, like I said, well, what else have I been wrong about? But after that, so don't be afraid of that because that can be a challenging time. It can, you can feel kind of, it can be hard. And especially when everyone you know is, has believed this way, mm-hmm. you know, no one wants to be the bad guy. Like, like what Chris and I are doing right now, we don't want to be the mean one or the bad guy. That's not what anyone wants to do. But the. The thing is, a lot of times Jesus called stuff like it was, and it didn't make him super popular. Mm-hmm. So that can't be more important to me. The truth has to be. And after all the initial, like, oh, my gosh, you know, bummed, there was actually a lot of relief because some of these practices put this huge amount of pressure mm-hmm. that God never even put on you. So it's like, wait, you mean I can 
I, I mean, I, I still pray for like finances and jobs and everything. I still pray, but that I don't have to just sit in my closet for days on end until there's a yes or no, which is usually probably just my mind playing a trick on me or whatever, which is a dangerous way to make a decision anyway. Mm-hmm. But there was just this, this freedom and it's a freedom in Christ and in his word. And like I said, you still, you still want to pray for God's will to be done and you still want to pray for wisdom. But there was just this burden lifted. And another, like we talked about, just that feeling of you almost feel like you're not enough or you haven't done enough or you, you must not be as good of a Christian or you must be sinning in a way that they're not sinning or something must be going wrong because why isn't he talking to me? This person's going to heaven every weekend. Mm-hmm. And then when you see that it wasn't even biblical, some of this teaching, there is that relief, you know, and I'm, I'm hoping if you've struggled with that, that God does love you. He has given you his word. He has died for you. You are his child and you don't have to take trips to heaven every weekend to know that mm-hmm. you are. And so it was actually a very big relief and, and started our journey to really go back to the word, take everything back to the word. And still, like we just went to a conference this last weekend. There's still things they're preaching where I'm like, okay, ha- wait, it's like, are we even saved? Do we even know the Bible? And, but I loved being challenged like that. Like it's, there's still left over from, you know, I guess this charismania or charismatic movement. There's still things that, you know, I grew up thinking or reading the scripture and, and I'm still challenged. I'm still challenged. So it doesn't necessarily end, but I always want to be challenged if it brings me closer Mm -hmm. um, to the truth. The experiential seems to be highlighted a lot Mm -hmm. in worship and in prayer times. Like (laughs) I had a friend say just yesterday, if you're not, if you haven't run around the church three times, then you're not having a good time. Like, <laughs> there's churches. You've wasted your time. Yeah, there's churches like that where, like, if you're not outwardly, if extreme, um, you know, manifesting doing, something, manifesting something, then you know something's wrong with you. Yeah. Um, we've been in meetings like that. You know, everyone's getting knocked down, slain, bodies hit the floor. And I'm just standing there like, well, I guess I'll just kind of sit down. So <laughs> I'm not embarrassed here. Like, what's going on? And of course, I'm thinking to myself, well, I must be evil. I must be something wrong with me. My heart's not open enough. Or I'm not open enough. I don't get it. What's going on? But none of that is biblical. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to pass that one up. Just, you know, to, for the sake of time. Yeah. We spent a lot of time on that. But raise your hand if one of those people came to pray for you and tried to push you down. I oh, was stubborn enough to stand. <laughs> I've been I'm pushed not going a lot. down. I've been pushed a lot. Yeah. But it is weird because don't get me wrong. I know I think I know that God's power can be well, we know God's power can knock people to their knees. We've seen it in the Bible. Um, and I'm sure it's happened throughout even modern days, but it's not what the movement has done. Like, again, a lot of these things that we're talking about have truth to them. They can happen, but this movement has made it a whole different thing. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's, they're, they've making it a standard. If you don't fall down when you pray and I pray for you or lay hands on you, then... Therefore, this and that. 
Well, yeah. Where it's like maybe every once in a while someone does fall when someone prays for them, but it's not like this movement has made it a thing. And the same thing with healing. Like, God, sure, he can heal people. We pray for them, and then they're miraculously healed, of course. But they made it into a thing where, like, there's books and, and you know, things that they're selling. Like, God wants you whole. I think that's the book title. Probably. And, like, uh, th- where they're teaching that healing is expected and it's that God's obligated to heal you and make you whole and financially. Let's get on that. Yeah. You know, like like I said, like they're distorting all these truths. Like God can heal, sure. But then that they distort it to where if you buy my book and you'll learn how to be healed. Yeah. You know? Uh, sure, God might gift you with a blank check one day, right? But that's not that's not he's not obligated to. He's not promised us that. Yeah. But they do. They say God wants you financially stable. He doesn't want you suffering. But that's all false. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like God or Jesus, when he was here, he did heal the sick. He did do miracles and he was moved with compassion. But his his final goal was more the soul. He was more concerned about your spirit and he was more concerned about you living in eternity with him than he even was about the physical. Like we do kind of get stuck on this physical life right here right now but there's eternity and i think he's more concerned about that so uh, like i've heard people who've been um like whatever her name is erickson tata what's her first name i remember such a cool name anyway paralyzed Mm -hmm. like her whole life and she would go to healing convention after healing convention after healing convention and i thought i have enough faith i have i have enough faith god will heal me but then she's like there's a there's things about God, I would never have known if I had just been healed or, or even an understanding of scripture I wouldn't have known. And I do think, I know C.S. Lewis does a good job when he talks about suffering. And I do feel like if we try to eliminate all suffering, it's almost like there's a whole aspect of God that we're not going to understand that we're going to miss out on because Christ did suffer. He suffered physical and emotional before he eventually got to ascend to heaven, which he did on our behalf. But when you're in the midst of some pain, there's, I, I feel like you can almost draw closer to God in a different way. Like joy is wonderful too. Like we're supposed to rejoice with those who rejoice. But Jesus so often in the Bible so often mentions the pain and the suffering that he speaks of it in such a way that it's not going to be eliminated till we're in heaven. That That's when the final goal is. Now, people have been miraculously healed and that's great. And they have brought, it's brought glory to God. So I'm not saying it, it can't, like Chris just said, that it can happen. But I wouldn't always say that it's the end game <laughs> the you know the end all be all God's final goal he's more concerned about us us being with him and so yeah it's another reason why I, I we don't like to overstress that healing yeah, yeah. like some churches in the west coast <laughs> <laughs> some churches on the west coast oh and and that's Bethel Church is what I'm talking about yeah we're not too big of fans we have friends that go there too but I mean, it takes just a quick YouTube search, and you can find many videos about the things that they teach, uh, how they act, and how they're influencing young people, and a lot of these really wrong practices where they're focused more on experiences, on healings, and on miracles than on actual 
the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. That is for salvation. And we don't bring it up lightly because, like Krista, we have friends heavily involved or who've been through the school of ministry. Um, we used to read the books. Um, like I said, there's still loved ones who are there and who go there daily or, you know, they go every year, different things. But so it was with, you know, them in mind as well that we... First of all, just personally started seeing some some issues with some of the teaching, but the more we've looked into it, it's important enough for us to mention because it's actually some of the practices are just too dangerously similar to demonic practices. I mean, I'll, I'll drop the D word. I don't drop the D word often. Um, and new age practices. So that's such a big deal because it was such a big deal to God that we not ever merge pagan practices with God's holy, what he's divinely told us how we're supposed to act and behave and what we're supposed to do and apart from his word and stuff. So there is definitely more red flags than there even were back when we were first kind of hearing about it and everything. And I don't, I, I honestly can't, it's just hard for me to fathom. And I'm not, I don't necessarily believe that every leader in Bethel is out to get people or lead people straight. I don't think so. I think there's genuinely say people who have, they have the right heart that are there. But if you step outside of it and you're look, you look in, um, you do just start to see a lot of things that seem kind of dangerous and definitely don't seem biblical. And that's, that's the main problem is they don't seem biblical. There are definitely some things that, um, seem dangerous. And I do worry about, um, some of these young adults and adults that go there who might be new Christians. I do always kind of think about them. A lot of them probably have been, you know, Christians for a while. But if they haven't known anything else, I'm like, will they ever know anything else? Like, mm-hmm. like what the word says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the influence of big churches like that are worldwide. And that's another danger, too, because, you know, it's not biblical teaching yeah. that's going out among the nations, which is like, no, we need the gospel to go among the nations. Yeah. Not the whatever church fill in the blank gospel. You yeah. know. And its reach is so far. It's much farther than I thought. I forget the numbers, but I mean as far as the charismatic movement and teaching and um the culture that it's created, the abuses that have been um that leaders have been able to do are really it's really, really sad and the like we said, the reach is worldwide. And yeah, yeah, we For, heard about like uh, charismatic movements reaching to Africa, and now there's like a whole, there's a culture of pastors telling young women, you know, the Lord has told me that you know you need to come sleep with me. Yeah, and they and believe then it'll them. impart my the spirit I have of God into you and things like that. And I mean, it sounds crazy to you listening, maybe, but. That's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, there's here so in much America emphasis too. on the man of God, the in man of God. In your church, yeah. Yeah. That stuff, this is what it leads to, and this mm-hmm. is what's happening around the world and in America. And it's like, but if you have the word of God as your foundation, then you can resist that. Yeah. And girls, let me tell you, it happened to me. I was given the email once that the Lord told me that I'm going to marry you. And it wasn't Chris. If it had been Chris, I might have been like, oh, well, maybe... This is just some random kid. Poor thing. God love him. Hope he's doing fine. But I'm sure this has happened to some of you at some point. And some women actually convince themselves that it was God 
And like I was reading a story today about a young woman who after like, I don't know, 20, 15, no, not that long, but like 10 years of marriage or something, she's divorcing her husband. And then you hear the story of how they got together. And it was just kind of like, he was like, well, God told me that, you know, you're going to marry me. And he just kind of over pursued her. And I guess she finally was like, well, maybe I'm wrong. I guess so. And then they don't have anything in common because it wasn't meant to be so like that this is ha- this this one this particular thing has happened so many times because I guess that's the big thing we all want to know is who we're gonna marry, and I get really really sad when you see two people together who obviously have nothing in common or don't have anything that would make them compatible, but God said that we were supposed to be together, and you can't question that, and that's the other problem too yes. with all that. That's what I was gonna get to. Yeah, go ahead, end go with end with questioning. Yeah. So in conclusion. Another thing that is very strong in this movement is if you question any of their practices, any of their traditions, like the things you talked about, prophecy, hearing from God, healing, um, speaking in tongues crazily in public, if you question any of that or say, hey, maybe that's not biblical, there's this culture and this movement to shut you down quick. Yeah. Either kick you out. Either say <clears throat> you're, you know, causing dissent, you're causing disunity, mm-hmm. um, you can't question this, um, et cetera, et cetera. We've experienced it um, on a smaller scale. I always find it odd when you're in a circle with people and they're like, if you have your prayer language, pray it. And I'm like, that's not how it works. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, a... It's a language, not psychobabble. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, this is probably a hot topic for many of you listening. Because you probably do psychobabble and you think it's praying. Mm-hmm. It's not. The baptism of the Holy Spirit didn't mean praying in tongues. That was a big revelation to me. I had no idea. I thought I would I, like we had people come to our church more than once who said, do you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And I'm like, well, of course. I mean, I'm, that sounds like something that's pretty important <laughs> to a Christian. They're like, okay, well, then you'll receive your tongues. And I never received tongues. Then, then I found out that it's one of the gifts. And then the Bible is actually extremely clear on how it's supposed to be used. And we yeah, never why don't used we ever, it right. We why don't we ever it right. use it right? Look, guys, no if you don't have a translator, then you're not supposed to be doing it in public. And if you're doing it in private, who's it benefiting? Nobody. I mean, I think that's literally in the Bible. It tells you how to do it and what it's for. And you guys are doing it wrong. Yeah. Stop doing it. (laughs) Pray English or whatever language you speak. (laughs) And God will hear. And it's awesome. And if you're praying for someone else, please play in their language. Yeah. Or else it's not going to benefit anyone. If you're preaching, preach in the language where you're at. Yep. That's what it's for. Tongues. Is if you're in China and you don't speak Chinese and boom, there it is. Now you speak Chinese. Miracle, gift, thank the Lord. God is glorified, not you. Yeah. (laughs) Ooh, shoot. God is glorified, not you. Yep. Yes. So it's okay to question stuff. Do it respectfully. Um, If leaders and other, and maybe your brothers and sisters are pushing back on you, do your best to, you know, to just bring them to the word. And if they disagree with the word, then they're not Christians. Yeah. You know? Even if they're pastors and they're disagreeing with the word, then it's kind of like find another church. Yeah. Um, Always go back to the word. 
I know we haven't given too much of the word in this podcast, but you guys can seek it out. Basically, these practices that we're talking about, we've been there, we've been through it. It does not line up with the word. Go check it out. Look at it, the scriptures you thought went with it. Look at them in context. Do some YouTube. Do some Google. Mm-hmm. Look up Santa Reason. Look up uh, other resources. Yeah. We've recently, apparently we're the last Christians on earth to discover John MacArthur. So a lot of his teaching has been helpful. Um, yeah, the Strange Fire Conference like... is pretty interesting on YouTube. Yeah. That was really fun because <laughs> it's like we've been there. Yeah. And it's kind of like, yeah, that's that's what we've been saying. But then when people smarter than you are saying it better. And you're they're, like, yes. They're pointing it out. You'd think I'd, we'd be offended. Like they're pointing out here's the issues and the concerns, kind of like we're doing now. But having come out of it, I'm kind of like, no, that's true. Yeah, no, that was dangerous. Yeah, no, that was a bad idea. And you're actually more like, okay, great. Like, here's other leaders of the faith who I believe. Yeah, we weren't are, the only ones. We can get ones. through it. And we're not the only ones who have concern. And like Chris said, here's people who are much more knowledgeable in scripture than we are with the same concerns. You know, so that, yeah, it was called the Strange Fire Conference. It's on YouTube. You can watch that. That one was pretty interesting. A couple more quick things uh, I want to bring up just to get your mind going on this is this whole uh not prophet like we talked about prophecy to each other i'm talking about prophecy like i'm a person i'm a prophet god gave me a word either a dream or a vision and i'm gonna prophesy it and you're gonna listen to it and like wow right i used to get like these emails of these prophecies mm-hmm. like oh cool the newest email from so-and-so Mm-hmm. You read it like, oh, what's God saying today or this week or this year, right? It was always the word of the Lord for the year. The word of the Lord for the year. And I always make fun of these because they're just really stupid. They're like fortune cookies. They're basically fortune cookies. I'm so sorry if you get these emails from quote-unquote prophets that say, here's the word of the Lord for 2019. Delete them. Spam them. I'm telling you guys, it's I not real. I guarantee there will be increase at some point. <laughs> All they're going to do is find a rhyme with nine. Let's see. It's time for 2019. I don't know. God wants his people in 2019. I'm like, you think it's, I mean, I'm not kidding. It's literally like these are really, really well-known prophets. And they'll say something as basic as this year, the Lord wants to bring millions to him. Duh. Yeah. He said that already. We know that. Yeah. So these prophecies, if you read them, if they're specific, they're almost always wrong. But they're usually very general, like psychics. Yeah. yeah, or fortune cookies. And yeah. it's just kind of like, God's going to prosper in 2019. God wants to, you to read your Bible more. God really wants you to really start focusing on his word this year. God wants you to witness people. God wants you to, and it's like, he does that all the time, every year. Yeah. Like, that. oh, well, you bought a new, you, you wrote a new book. I get it. Yeah. 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 Money. Money. Sorry, but. A lot of times, in my mind anyway, I think it. I think it's just money. A lot of them are selling something, which is kind of. They're strange. like, I'm selling stuff, so I'm gonna be like the prophet that you need, and I'm gonna. It's like the mainstream media. They make you want to be scared. <gasps> Something's coming. You need what I have to say. Yeah. Something's coming that you need to know about 2019. Yep. So buy. So buy this the subscription, book. and you'll or find subscribe. out. This is true, guys. This is true. I just found out about this. There's actually these women. I, I guess they're probably well known in the Bethel arena, and I don't know who they are. But they're, I guess, making jewelry that apparently will like 
the jewelry has carries some sort of prophetic gift. I don't know. And you, but you got to buy the jewelry. Oh yeah. And then it is, it's like a prophetic word subscription. Like you buy this subscription. So these are two different things that's being marketed like that. I'm like, that's how you get struck by lightning. Yeah. That's how you get struck by lightning. You know who else I feel like dealt with that was like Martin Luther back in the day, like when they were selling tickets to heaven. Oh, and I also heard they're doing like tarot card stuff. Yeah. Calling them destiny cards at Bethel. If you're at Bethel, please leave. And also if you're doing anything like weird stuff like that, look to the word, repent, go to Jesus. Yeah, tarot cards aren't um aren't a good thing to be playing with. Look it up. Let's talk about some of these practices and let's measure them up against the word of God. So this isn't because I I I want to see these people fall. I want to see these people come to the Lord and and hopefully do what I felt compelled to do, which was I need to repent. I you know, it's possible that um even though I think God does give us grace when we're learning, I don't think all these young people are going to, you know, there there's a lot of um, deception. But I mean, when I gave prophetic words or I did things that technically, according to the Bible, could have meant that I should have been stoned <laughs> to death because I was not an oracle of God. Thank heavens for um, his mercy and forgiveness. But I did I did have to repent. I mean, and after watching the Strange Fire Conference, I do remember one night. I was in tears and crying and just like how, because I also just longed for my brothers and sisters in Christ who are wrapped up in this movement. And I care maybe even more just because I, I can relate because I've been there and, um, and yeah, and it's just, it's so important for us to, to know what the word of God says and to measure these things against the word of God. And if they don't measure up, we need to to let them go. We don't want sacred cows. We don't want idols that aren't of God. Mm-hmm. We gotta let them go. Well, I guess an idol wouldn't be of God. <laughs> like idols in general, let them go. So I don't feel led to conclude this. <laughs> I feel like the Lord's telling me to not conclude it and go on forever. Oh wait, He doesn't do that. So I'm gonna go ahead and decide myself. I'm gonna conclude this podcast. That's another one. I feel led. Yeah. Yeah. That's also look that up the scripture in context. It's not right. Yeah. Um, being led by the Spirit is just living a righteous life, not actually hearing the Holy Spirit and then doing what He says. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, in context, we're probably going to have to do a part two. So just know that that's probably going to happen. And I'm sure we'll hear some pushback, which is great. And then we can remember all the other things we wanted to address because you're like, well, you're saying that these are wrong, but you're not saying what they actually mean. We do have an answer to that too, but you don't want this to be three hours. So we'll probably come back. We'll probably have to come back. Yeah, I mean, this would have been nice if we actually like thrown in good scriptures. Like, here's the scripture why that's not right. But instead, we're just kind of just talking about it, which is okay. This is our podcast. Laying the foundation. Laying the foundation. Here's some red flags we found. Here's where we're coming from. Here's where we're coming from. I encourage you guys, as a Christianese, I encourage you guys to question everything and measure it to the word of God. And go watch Avengers Endgame. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. I want to give a shout out to all the mothers. Mother's Day was this weekend. Happy Mother's Day. I love being a mom. I hope uh, you were you were um, felt loved and honored because motherhood is a wonderful, wonderful gift. And if anyone ever just says to you, oh, so you're just a mother. Be like, heck yeah, I am. 
you wear that badge proudly because it's an awesome badge. You're like, yeah, I'm only raising the next generation who's probably going to rule your whole world one day. So, boom. Okay, not your whole boom. world. Boom. But you know what I mean. My <laughs> kid might be because she's amazing. I don't know what your kid's going to be doing. <laughs> That's kind of true. Our kids are so amazing. Um, oh, we are having a girl, by the way. Yes. So, hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, we'll see you next week with some more podcasts. And God willing, we'll do some somewhat regularly. Yes. And often, like at least every two weeks. So uh, I missed you guys. Good to be back. It's been a long time for me, but it was awesome. And I do hope that you are encouraged and prayerfully consider everything that we have mentioned. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye.